0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's good to have you here. We've got our Connection family here and some additional folks that are Connection this week and uh, partners from Awakened Church in Columbia, South Carolina. So, welcome them here today. They they came up here to help us uh, give away coats yesterday. Uh, We saw some coats left over. So, Connection Church, we're going to be uh, allowing, or not allowing, we're going to be giving the Arabic church tonight. opportunity to find some coats themselves and then we'll have to figure out uh, some plans to partner in these next few weeks uh, with other um, people in our community to give away the rest of the coats so looking forward to working with you guys on that so we had a great week and um we had our first just got through doing some christmas songs and uh i'm so glad you guys thought to do that because i i'm ready they were good i enjoyed that Uh, it's a great time of year to remind us of a simple truth that God so loved the world that He sent and gave His only Son. Amen? Amen. That's what this is about. God entering into our brokenness to bring healing to us in full. Join me in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 17. And today's message is straight out of the text. I exerted zero creativity in coming up with this sermon uh, title because I didn't need to. This sermon is not about my creativity. It's about this simple truth that we must obey God rather than people. We must obey God rather than people. So we're going to look at a very powerful section of this book of Acts uh, where the apostles are persecuted, a miracle happens, They continue to share the gospel, they're persecuted again, and they continue to share the gospel. It's really amazing. And and this is the key line uh, where Peter says to the the council that we must obey God rather than human beings. So uh, if you would, uh, just join me in chapter 5, verse 17. I'm going to read probably for quite a while. So dive in here. Uh, I'm reading from the NIV translation, so it may be a little different than yours, but you'll get the picture. Amen. Amen. Here we go. Verse 17, Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. Now, we've been talking about up to this point, we're emphasizing the the role of the Holy Spirit in the early church, that God literally told them, Stay here until I send the Holy Spirit. Don't go out and try it by yourself, because you're going to get your, you know... You get your tails whipped. And there's some stories that are coming up in Acts where that actually happens. People get their clothes beat off of them. You know, it's pretty pretty powerful where they try to manipulate the power of God and they get embarrassed uh, terribly for it. But these folks were filled with jealousy instead of being filled with the Holy Spirit like the followers of Christ. So they arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, the angel said, and tell the people all about this new life. So at daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and they began to teach the people. Now when the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel. Now Sanhedrin, just a simple understanding, is kind of like the Supreme Court of their jurisdiction, okay? So they had the final say, the ruling elders. So they called them together, and they sent to the jail for the apostles but they arrived at the jail and guess what the officers did not find them there so they went back and they said we found the jail it was securely locked the guards were standing at the doors and we opened them and we found no one inside so a miracle had happened on hearing this report the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were at a loss wondering what this might lead to then someone came and said look men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. And at that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles to them. They did not use force because they were afraid that the people would stone them. So the apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. And they said, We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, and that name is Jesus, Right? He said, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you're determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied with today's sermon title, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross, and God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that He might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him." Let's pray. Lord, we uh, thank You so much for Your Word, Your powerful, life-giving Word, and we ask that You would move in our hearts to make us more like You. In Jesus' name, amen. When 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 you first hear, we must obey God rather than human beings, it may sound arrogant that they're standing before them proud and boastful and, and challenging them. And, and even in, in our world, it, it seems to be there's this propensity to find joy in protesting the authority, right? There's power in this. There's, there's a, a sense of we're doing something to fight against this wrong power. But I think if we're not careful, we're going to project maybe our tendencies onto Peter. I don't think in any way they're boastfully and arrogantly saying, we must do this at the expense of you. I don't think they're trying to be arrogant. I think what is happening is very clear throughout the Scripture up to this point that God has done a miracle in raising Jesus from the dead, and it has captivated and changed the lives of all the apostles. They were witnesses to what happened. And so there's this confidence of you can kill me if you want to, but it doesn't matter because Jesus died and rose again, and so will I. It doesn't matter what you do to me. I'm not going to stop proclaiming the truth because He died and He rose again. And so it's, it's changed Him. Peter's the one who ran off, remember? When times got tough before the crucifixion, he ran away. And he's also the one that the, the messenger of the Lord spoke by name and said, go tell the apostles or the disciples and Peter. That I'm back. That Jesus has risen from the dead. so God reached out to him. And so Peter and the apostles are bold and they're saying, We must obey God rather than human beings. And so it's not an arrogance here, it is a, a humble confidence in the fact that Jesus died and rose again. So we're going to see three things to help us understand how we can live this way to where we have that same type of confidence that we can obey God rather than humans, that we can challenge the authority when we need to in the proper way, but also determine what is and isn't the voice of God because how are we to know when the Sanhedrin who rep- is supposed to represent God, how do we know when they're right and wrong? How do we know when to stand up against false teaching? How do we know when to uh, to follow true teaching? And so there's, there's three principles. You can write these down if you want. Number one is, is, is God's Word. Okay, I'm going to explain these a little bit, but number one is God's Word. Know God's Word. The second one is prayerful living. Like you, pray without ceasing. Who told me that? Well, John, we were talking this morning, didn't we? Uh, that, just, that, that, that verse. I needed that verse this morning. But pray without ceasing. We need to be prayerful in our living. And the third one is the Holy Spirit's testimony. The Holy Spirit is that power and presence of God living within us that protects us. And we'll, we'll talk more about that in just a moment as well. So when I first say, number one, know God's Word, uh, that's not just knowing the Bible. Knowing the Bible is great. Study the Bible, know it, learn it, love it, live it, all right? That's great. But the whole point of the Bible is to lead you to Jesus. So if you're boastful in the fact that you know more about the Bible than anyone else, and you don't have the heart of Christ, you're, you're missing the entire point. You know, there's nothing about knowing the Bible that leads me to feel arrogant. That's, that's God anyway. I mean, I, I can feel arrogant because I maybe could win at Bible Quiz Bowl or whatever <laughs> if we did that, but that would be a boastful thing. And so the point of the Bible is to lead us to God's Word, and ultimately God's Word is a person and not just literature. God's Word is Jesus. We were uh, at First Baptist Manhattan on Friday night, and uh, I had to take a picture of it and send it to my Greek uh, New Testament um, scholar joey my friend shout out to joey if you're watching um and so um he i had to take a picture of it. it says nrk ologos anybody know what that means you, you can tell me but don't get arrogant about it if you know it <laughs> it's in the beginning was the word it's first john 1 1 in the beginning was the word and if you think about that saying the word isn't the bible it's Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate Word. And so, know the Word of God. Know the Word, Jesus, of God. But also know the, the Word, uh, the message of God. The Gospel is a, is a message. And we're going to talk about that as well. Um, actually, right now. <laughs> we're going to talk about that too. That it's the message of God. And that message is that Jesus is the Messiah. That's the message of God. That we're not waiting for a Messiah to come. We're not trying to earn ourselves into heaven. We're not trying to attain to God. But Jesus has already done this for us. He is the Messiah. He's done it all for us. And so know the Word of God, the Scriptures. Obviously, know Jesus, the Word of God, but also know, know the message of God that Jesus is the Messiah. Amen? Amen. Know the Word. The second one is this, prayerful life. Now. This doesn't necessarily come from right here in this text, but I, we have to say this because Peter and the apostles were just immersed in prayer. They got together and they prayed, they prayed, they prayed. They didn't just get together for, you know, I mean, we got together, I got together with a couple of guys last night and we watched football and, uh, and just enjoyed each other's company. You know, that's great, that's good, that's fellowship. But these folks were ga- gathering together for powerful prayer. They were immersed in prayer. And so we must be a people of prayer as well to pray without ceasing, to, to be people who are in constant communion with God, constant communication with Him, constant relationship with Him, to be people of prayer. We see that just replete throughout this entire book. The third one is this the Holy Spirit's witness. And He does witness, uh, He does mention the Holy Spirit explicitly in this text. And we've noticed it. We've been focusing on that, and we see it every week, right? Like the Holy Spirit is just prominent throughout this book. He says, we are witnesses of these things, and he, the things he's talking about is that Jesus rose from the dead. You killed Him by hanging Him on a cross. God exalted Him to our, His own right hand as Prince and Savior so that He would bring Israel to repentance. And remember, repentance isn't just confessing sins, right? It's a change of direction. Like, I'm, I'm stopping trying to do this, and I'm turning to Jesus. So it's a change of direction. Repentance and forgiving, for, to forgive their sins. And he says, we're witnesses of these things that we just mentioned. And so is who? The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit of God is testifying and is a witness to these things. And he says, the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. So the Holy Spirit is this gift God gives to us. And when we follow in repentance and we obey God, it's this gift of God's presence that lives within those who follow Jesus and obey Him. You want more power in your life, more power of God in your life, more obedience. And I think maybe for, for me, and this may just be me, but I think there's also the spirit that a lot of Americans have is the this spirit of independence. And so I think instead of I must obey God more than people, I think it's more for me, I must obey God more than myself. Because yeah. I really want to do what I want to do when I want to do it, right? Yeah. And God calls me to obey Him. And I call Jesus Lord. And so as Lord and King of my life, I must obey Him. It's not a, an option for me. Obey me if you want to, Daniel. And he says, no, follow me. Obey me. Become like me. And so it's, it's like that crucifying of yourself where you, you lay down your life and say, not my will, but yours be done, like Jesus prayed in the garden. A daily basis. The Holy Spirit is here to testify to the fact that, that we can know that we're following God because we know the Word of God. Again, the Scripture, the person, and the message. We're prayerful. We're in constant communion with this God. And we have the Holy Spirit living within us to protect us from following the wrong teaching or the wrong doctrine or the, front or the wrong people or making wrong decisions. And you know, the Spirit is, is a little bit of a... Not, not confusing. Well, maybe it is confusing in some ways. But the Spirit is, is kind of a intangible uh, process of learning to discern that. And so God tells us, you know, if you have a spirit moment where the spirit just kind of falls on you and you have a premonition or a prophetic word or whatever it may be, to test those things. Because sometimes we can hear wrongly. We may not be in a good spot to hear. And so we test those things. We test those through the Word. If it contradicts God's Word, then obviously we're mishearing something. Let's go back to the drawing table and keep what we can hold on to and, and, and get rid of those that we can't. Um, if you have a dream and you, you wake up and you're like, oh, God, you just really spoke to me or whatever, uh, you know, hold on to what is true. Hold on and let go of what is not. But he tells about this, and I can't remember what text that's in, but it's in the New Testament, to test the spirits. It's in there somewhere. Google it. It's good. Promise. I promise it's there. Uh, and so he, he talks about test the spirits and hold on to that which is good and get rid of that which is bad. And so the Holy Spirit is not here to trick us. It's not here to be hard uh, for us to understand but it is something that we should be careful of uh, so that we know that we know that we know that it's God's Word. And also testing it among one another. Go to those people who are filled with the Spirit as well and say, hey, I had this dream or I have this Word from God or I was praying and I heard God say this. What do you think? Does that sound like God's Word to you? So test those things. The Holy Spirit is here to help. So let's keep reading with the story because I like the way this story ends. And, and I think you will too. So Peter says what I hope we would all say if someone told us to be quiet about this Jesus. I hope we would say we must obey God rather than humans. We're going to keep talking. Well, in verse 33 is where we're going to pick up here. They say that. Oh, by the way, he also just did something really not good today in today's world. He said, by the way, you, you kill Jesus. It's your fault. You know, so... Uh, but Jesus isn't going to cancel you for doing that. He's out here to save you, right? He says, we're we're witnesses of these things, and and this is what you did. And when they heard this in verse 33, when they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. Now, they didn't just were furious and wanted to tweet something about them, right? They wanted to put them to death. I mean, it was was actions. Last week or two weeks ago, was actions speak louder than words. They were ready to kill them right there, and they had the authority to do it. Uh, well, their own authority, not God's authority. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, but a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin, and he ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. So, that it's like, we're going to make an adjourning, adjournment, whatever. Get out of here for a little bit. We're going to have a private session for a moment and talk. So, he addressed the Sanhedrin. He says, men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, feudists appeared claiming to be a somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and his followers dispersed, and it came to nothing. And after him there was Judas the Galilean, appeared in the days of the census, and he led a band of people in a revolt, and he too was killed, and all the followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail." But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men, and you will only find yourself fighting against God. Isn't that powerful? Wow! And what wisdom! It wasn't uncommon for people to rise up, kind of like a cult would rise up, and they'll have a following, and it'll dissipate once that follower is gone. But Jesus was different, wasn't He? He had this following, and then He was gone, but then He came back, right? He came back with a a vengeance, too, with this power that that wasn't ever seen before, this new resurrection that was uh, a death, and He rose from that death never to die again, which was not like anything else that had happened before. And so my takeaway for this, or one application, with maybe two ways to apply it, (laughs) is that you will never win a battle against God. So the first one is is take it in an application of a warning. like Be careful if you're trying to resist something that is of God. If you're trying to battle against something, a move of God. And so one of the things that's really fun to do right now, or maybe not fun, I shouldn't say fun, but um, it's in vogue, it's popular to do, is to criticize other churches. You know, like, oh, we're better than them, or I don't know that we necessarily struggle with that, uh, but I see it a lot online, and that's one of the problems with... Our world today is we see a lot of things online, and we might not say them in person, but they'll be out there, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of criticism of, of other churches and other people uh, uh, of God, and so we need to be really careful with that. I don't, I don't know that there's really a good time for us to just be critical of another church. Now, what we can do is if in relationships, help people if they're in error, do that. But there's a difference between being critical and then correcting and there's, there, that's a very big thing to, to be careful about. So don't battle against God. And number two, let's take it on the positive side. When you're in the battles and the storms of life and the valleys, if you're on God's side, you will not lose. Say, I can't lose. I can't lose. I can't lose when I'm on God's side. Now, sometimes it feels like you're getting your teeth kicked in, right? Like everything's going wrong. But you can't lose when you're on God's side. If this is something of God, you cannot lose. If you are following Him, if you are obeying Him, you will win every time. Now you may feel like you are losing some battles, but eventually you will win. He will work all those things for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And it may be a terrible time of suffering, and we are about to read where the apostles suffer. And we are going to see more throughout this book where they suffer, but they didn't lose. It's like, I'm, well, I don't know if it's like, but I'm thinking of football because it's football season. Hello? So it's easy for it to do. But it's like when you go out and you win a game and you, you're hurting, but it feels good because you won. You're sore. You're like, you wake up on Saturday morning or, or Sunday morning, whenever, the next morning, to say that. You wake up the next morning, you're like, oh, I'm so sore. but Oh, we won. We won. And so one day we're going to see how all the pain that we're going through, all the suffering we're going through, is going to come out to a victory. You need to claim that over your life today. I cannot lose. Do you believe that? I don't always believe it, but I'm going to write that down right now. I can't lose because I need to know that. I can't lose when I'm with God. So let's keep going. Gamaliel gives this impassioned, wise advice to the Sanhedrin. In verse 40, his speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and they had them flogged. Now, wait a minute. He didn't convince them good enough. They still got the crap beat out of them, right? They were flogged and they were hit with rods and it hurt. But then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and they let them go. This was their version of letting them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing. Underline that word or highlight it or remember it. They left there rejoicing after getting beaten because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Now whose name is that? Jesus. For the name. They were excited. We just suffered. For Jesus. Do you know what this means? We must be doing something right. We must be doing something right. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that what? Jesus is the Messiah. The good news is very simple. Jesus is the Messiah. That will not change. He's seated at the right hand of God. He is reigning supreme in victory. He is interceding for us. He is praying for us, He is advocating for us, we can't lose when we're with Him. We will probably suffer, but somehow, and this has got to only make sense whenever there's just a real connection between us and God, somehow we must learn to rejoice in that suffering. Consider it pure joy when you face trials and tribulations, for you know this is going to produce endurance and perseverance and all those things that God talks about. It matures us, it grows us up. I don't like it. I would love to have it just downloaded to me, right? Like just plug in a USB in my arm, and or maybe it was in the vaccine I took. I don't know. I'm kidding. But um, I would love just to have it downloaded to me. Conspiracy theories. Um, And so um, I would love to have it downloaded, but that's not the way God works. God works over time, and just like Moses was in the desert for 40 years preparing, just like David was anointed king and all these years passed before he was king. All those times of preparation, God is preparing you Oh, this just came to me. Thank you, Jesus. God's preparing you to experience that victorious moment in your life because it's coming. Believe it. Hold on to the fact that the gospel is true. Jesus is the Messiah, and you can't lose when you obey Him. We must obey God more than human beings, including ourselves. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we bless You. We love You. You are a good Father who cares so much for His children, and Oftentimes we can wander astray and grow impatient and cast our doubt upon You when we have no reason to do so because You've never failed us. <clears throat> but oftentimes it might feel like You have, and maybe you've, it feels like You've forgotten us. So Lord, remind us of how wonderful You are in this moment, how good You are. Thank You for the, the Word of God, the Bible, the Holy Ghost. Word of God that we can study that draws us closer to You and exposes Your heart and draws us in and immerses us in Your grace and Your love. Thank You for the gift of prayer that we have to even just right now as I'm speaking to You, Lord, and others are praying to You with me. Thank You for this moment to be heard by You and to know that we matter to You. And Lord, we bless you for giving us the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this powerful presence of God that lives within all who call on Jesus as Lord. May we yield to you, Holy Spirit, at every moment of our lives. And may your powerful presence yield victory in every way in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.